There's no downtime. You walk out of here like you've had nothing done to you. And it's not price-wise, it's not horrible. It's not the cost of a facelift. I mean, it's like win-win. Welcome to the Your Longevity Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Gray. My number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer, happier, truly healthier life. You're about to hear from Alexis Yu, who, to be honest, is quite similar to myself in private practice as a female nurse practitioner offering anti-aging and functional medicine. She offers more aesthetics than I do at this point and is certified in providing peptides. So today I get to pick her brain on those therapies. This is part one of a two-part episode. Be sure to check in next week to hear the conclusion of our conversation. Let's get started. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Your Longevity Blueprint Podcast. Today, my guest is Alexis Yu, who goes by Lexi. She's a double board certified nurse practitioner in the areas of family and pediatric medicine. She's been a nurse practitioner since 2011. She has a bachelor's degree in nursing from Purdue University and a master's from IUPUI as a pediatric nurse practitioner. Lexi decided to expand her knowledge and obtain her post-master's degree in family medicine. She has a special interest in functional and anti-aging medicine. She's certified through BioT Medical, specializing in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy for both men and women. She is also working to be a certified provider through the Institute for Functional Medicine to better treat her patients while fixing the root cause of their conditions. Lexi also provides aesthetic services such as Botox, fillers, microneedling, PDO threads, and PRP treatments, and she's certified in peptide therapy, and that's what we're going to get to today. She's a member of the Institute for Functional Medicine and the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. Sounds like me. We have a lot in common. Yeah, yeah it's like we're we're like the exact replica of each other, except in different states, which is which is good. It's good. That's why uh, this podcast will be awesome. It's encouraging to me because sometimes I feel like the Lone Ranger. I don't know about you, but oh yeah, I really the, feel it's like... it's not fair though. We're in the Midwest. Like if we were right. in Florida, California, California we, yeah, yeah, we'd be you know like fish to water. It's just we're kind of these odd people out, and that people don't really understand what we do. We're we're pioneers, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Being females, nurse practitioners, moms, independent like, practice. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. Well, tell me your story. So, how did you get interested in anti aging and even aesthetic medicine? So, I started out in weight loss. I actually used to work for a bariatric doctor. He specialized in something called the lap band procedure. And so, when I worked for him, I, I learned a lot about metabolism, metabolic function, nutrition. I worked really closely with a dietitian. And what I learned is is that if if I could fix thyroid, if I could balance hormones, they may not need surgery. And so obviously working with a surgeon, that probably didn't jive so well. So I, uh, I, I fortunately for me, there was a physician, a DO, who, who was looking to bring on a female provider. And I was like, perfect. I started with him and, and really what was nice is I had a lot of autonomy to kind of educate and, and kind of look to see what all I wanted to do. So I, I really got a special interest and I call it this lost women's population. And I don't know if you have, you have this too. And it's kind of like, you know, women in their, their twenties and their thirties, they're pregnant and they're having babies and they're followed by the OBGYN. And then it's kind of like, you got this postmenopausal women who are like, okay, they're done having periods. Well, then there's this like lost population of women who are put on antidepressants, who are put on fentermine, who are put on all kinds of pain pills, different things when it's not a Prozac deficiency, it's a thyroid deficiency or it's a testosterone deficiency. That's really where I found my, my niche in that you, you get one lady feeling good and she tells her friends and then she tells her friends and then 
before you know it, you've got a wait list of 120 patients and you're booked out till May. So I started out through um, the Institute of Integrative Medicine uh, in hormone replacement therapy. So I learned about creams and trochies and injectables, you know, and that's kind of where I started. And then one of my patients, in fact, her mom is a BioT provider. And she's like, Lexi, you need to do this. This is like, you know, you got to do this. And so, you know, kind of like you, I'm like, okay, well, let, let me look into this. And so I did some research and I was like, uh, you know, him and Han hesitant. And so finally, you know, I went to Texas and I got my BioT certification there and really it like just skyrocketed. So what happened, so how this translates into aesthetics is, you know, I had a lot of women who would come see me and they're like, you know, Lexi, when are you going to learn how to do an injectable? So this way I don't have to go anywhere. Like I, you're going to be a one-stop shop. That's what consumers are looking for. And so I was like, eh, you know, I don't know. And I, my background as a nurse is I actually used to be a, a general surgery nurse practitioner. So procedures, like I knew how to suture, I knew how to do all kinds of proced- hands, procedural stuff. So that it makes nervous at all. And so I was like, okay. So, uh, fortunately I had a really good friend who was a a nurse practitioner injector and she worked for a plastic surgeon. So I kind of really, she did a great job in mentoring me kind of picked my brain. Like, okay, this is, you know, this is where you want to go for training. So I highly encourage people to go get trained, get a good certification. And it doesn't stop there. Like I counted this year alone. I think I have attended so far already four trainings in, in advanced injectables. And I think I got another like four or five the rest of this year. So what's so cool about aesthetics, it's in it's like peptides. It's, it's ever evolving and you always want to kind of stay ahead of the curve. And so I think honestly, that's kind of why women like coming is because they're like, oh, you know, Lexi will fix it. Like just tell her what bothers you and she'll fix it. And so, um, so that's kind of how I got started. I mean, I didn't set out you know, I know some nurses, like I can tell you my office nurse, Carmen, she's like, I just want to be injector like my whole life. And I'm like, really? I kind of just landed in aesthetics and it just made sense, you know, made sense. And then as I got to do, I really enjoy anatomy. I like looking at the face. I like how the aging process takes place and, you know, how structures, if you fix this, it'll actually fix what's below it. Kind of like in functional medicine, we look at downstream of it's kind of translates. So that's kind of how I got into aesthetics. My practice is, it's a pretty busy practice. I have uh, another nurse practitioner who helps me. She's BioT certified. Um, she helps me with functional medicine, gut health. And then I will actually sit for my board this year for IFM. So the Institute for Functional Medicine. And then I'm bringing another nurse practitioner. She'll start in June. She was actually a student here and um, she will probably go through A4M. So my goal was to have us all kind of trained in different schools just because it's like good because then we can kind of compare notes and, and stay advanced. And then I have a nurse injector who I've sent her to different courses. And then I actually train with, like I train her in some of the advanced stuff, annular technique and things like that. So sounds like you're very progressive and you have a successful practice, which is exciting. And you're growing, but you have to stay progressive, right? To stay on the cutting edge. And Absolutely. you want, obviously we want For to sure. keep our patients and we want them to know that we're are trying to stay ahead of the game, but it takes such a commitment with providers like ourselves to go to additional trainings, right? It's a oh, financial absolutely. investment, a time investment, like, but, but we're very committed to that. So today I want to talk about aesthetics. We've had several episodes where we've talked about hormone pellets, and that's something that is near and dear to my heart, something that we we certainly offer here at the clinic. And if you're listening and you want to know more about BioT hormone pellets, I interviewed CEO and founder of BioT, Dr. Gary Donovitz, a few episodes ago. Well, actually, the episode launched, because I don't know when this one will launch. That episode launched in March of 2021. So please check out that episode. Before we get to aesthetics, I want to lay a, a bit of a foundation. I use that foundation word a lot here on the podcast. I feel like I need to say a disclaimer. So I wrote this book, Your Longevity Blueprint, back in 2017. And if you read it, you know it's a very long book. It's like 350 pages. And I wanted to add a chapter on aesthetics. <laughs> and I didn't. I wanted to add a chapter on the curb appeal of the home, right? AKA aesthetics. 
but I was already fighting with the publisher as far as the length. <laughs> they wanted the book about half as long as it was, and I didn't want to take anything out. So the aesthetics chapter got tabled for the time being, but I hope with a second edition, I can add more in about aesthetics. Quite frankly, I need more experience to even write about it. And so that's why I bring on guests like guests like Lexi. But had I added that chapter, it would have been the last chapter, right? Because I do feel strongly that to improve the curb appeal of the home, or AKA to improve your appearance right on the skin, we still have to work on the inside of the body, right? So we have to have a strong gastrointestinal foundation, right? We don't want to have a lot of butt inflammation because that will show up on the skin. So acne, psoriasis, I mean, even lines and wrinkles, I think a lot of that has to do with our inner health. And so although today's podcast is about what we can do externally right, uh, with injectables and, and some fun things Lexi's going to share, I don't want to minimize how important it is to still eat clean, right? To still follow all the other steps in the blueprint for longevity. But with that being said, with that disclaimer laid, let's get to the topic of today, which is aesthetic. So I want, Lexi, if you can, to share the aging process in relation to the appearance of our face. So what happens as we age, right? I know we get wrinkles and like, can you tell us more specifically what happens? Yeah, absolutely. So typically as we all age, we lose collagen in our face, right? So collagen is what keeps your face nice and tight. It keeps what you know, it, it keeps it in its place. It keeps the skin plump. It just does a lot. Going back to, I call it functional dermatology um, in that if I have a patient with rosacea, I often say, we got to do a gut test on you. Before I can get my fancy laser and maybe put you on some hydroquinone, we got to do a gut test on you because there could be some candida in there mm-hmm. and we got to fix that in addition to we can do all these other fun things. So so Love I that. 100% agree with you on that. So so as we age, we lose collagen and then postmenopausally, we lose estrogen. And estrogen is another hormone that is so, so important for um, improving the texture of the skin. We often see more crepiness when that happens. So kind of going from the top down, the first thing that we start to see when aging is, is the frontalis muscle. So this is your forehead muscle. So this is, you know, that we call it like the stair steps on the, on the forehead. As everyone ages, this is going to appear. People who are more expressive are going to notice it a lot more. And so with that one, I typically say there's baby Botox. So you can start before it becomes a huge problem. And then when I get women in their fifties and maybe they're, fir- you know, this is their first time with an in- a neurotoxin, they have static lines. And so static lines are etched in lines if their face is at rest, they're still there. So those mm-hmm. are a little bit harder to kind of treat. Now, I will tell patients, you know what? You may notice a significant improvement after the first treatment, but truly after the second, third treatment, it's pretty much gone. So I think definitely setting realistic expectations mm-hmm. with the patient is, is key in this in the aesthetic industry. So, so the forehead tends to start, you know, getting those static lines. Typically, and especially if, you know, in our situation, when we see a lot of thyroid patients, they're going to start to lose some of the, the uh, hair on the outer brow. And so then we start to notice more of the um, the temporal suture. So that is kind of where your temples are, starting to look more hollow, just because again, everything is kind of uh, losing collagen. In the mid face, you're going to start to see, we call this the maxillary fat pad. So if we think about our, our cheekbone, kind of like an upside, like upside down triangle, right? So, and, and really kind of the whole face. When we think a youthful face, we think, you know, the tip of the triangle is at the chin and it and it is straight and it's down, right? When we think an aged face, the triangle is where the tip is at the forehead and it comes down. So you start to see things like jowling or the pre-jowl sulcus, which is kind of where the marionette lines start to fall. So those are like coming out of your mouth if you're listening, right? Is right. that right? So yeah. like the, the literally cor- yeah, the corner of the mouth. Uh-huh. Yeah, it looks like a marionette, right? All of that is typically caused by a loss or a deterioration or shrinkage of the maxillary fat pad. So in the mid face. Unfortunately, again, when that shrinks, it's also going to start pulling down your the orbital area, which is where your tear trough is. And so sometimes you're going to see more hollowing in that. 
And then kind of in the lower face, you know, we call them smoker lines or perioral lines. And so you can get that from whistling, you can get it from drinking from a straw. I mean, you can get it from a lot of different things, but um, that's another really prominent sign of aging is when you get the little vertical lip lines or barcode lines. Also, there is another muscle in the lower face called the DAO, which, which is the depressor angulite oris muscle. And a lot of times over time, this is very prominent. And what it does is it pulls the corners of your mouth down. So you always look like you're frowning. You know, that can be something we can also fix with neurotoxins. And then lastly, you know, looking at the chin, unfortunately, as women get older, we lose bone mineralization, right? Mm -hmm. So the bone starts to shrink and then it starts to recede. So then you kind of go from this nice, beautiful, snatched, chiseled jawline in your youth to now like this like little round, sad, saggy face. And so um, when I do a consult with a patient, I sit up in the chair and I have my iPad out, which I have a really neat like anatomy face and I turn it and I kind of go over the muscles. It's almost like a, it's like an anatomy lesson when, when they do it. And I ask, you know, they're like, okay, sitting in the chair and I, and they're like, well, what do you think? And I, and I say, well, what bothers you? Cause what I see may not be what you see. So I think it's definitely one seeing what is bothering the patient. Cause it may just be like their crow's feet. And you're just like, oh, okay, well then forget what I said about your mouth. You know, when we talk about the aging process, the two biggest things is loss of collagen and the loss of um, the fat pads. We lose the, the plumpness in our face. So from a treatment perspective, I guess I'll start with neurotoxins, right? Yeah. Which could be controversial to the listeners. So I want to know if you're comfortable with neurotoxins in all patients or in certain patients with like autoimmune conditions, are you more cautious with them? Exactly. Give me, yeah, give me. So I, I get, I, I don't want to say get flack, but I've gotten some really, some really nasty DMs from people like, how can you say, you know, you focus on root cause and, and then, you know, I, and what I, I don't try to peg myself as anything. I would say I am more like an anti-aging, like longevity provider. And who am I to say, don't get toxins because it's bad. So I, I just leave it up to the patient. And if they want to do it, I'm here to provide them with all the information and the comfort. Now there is an actual neurotoxin on the market that is supposed to be preservative free. And so I'm actually, I just talked to the rep this week and I was like, send me what studies you have as far as this product in autoimmune patients. Now I'll be hundred percent honest with you. I have patients who have autoimmunity who do fine with Botox, Dysport, you know, especially with Hashimoto's. I feel like Everybody so many of my patients it. have it. So yeah. So it's kind of like, eh. the first toxin that I'll talk is, is Botox. Um, and so this is made by a company called Allergan. So Botox is kind of a term, like when we say Kleenex, you really mean tissue, but you say Kleenex because it's just the most well-known, right? Um, so Botox, it's a neurotoxin modulator. So what it does is it go, you inject it and it goes in and it, and it paralyzes the muscle. It starts to act in about seven days and it will take about a full 14 days to have its full appearance. And so so it's not uncommon where we first inject you and you might have like a wonky brow at like day five. So you kind of look like, you know, Ace Ventura where he's got like those weird brows. And I always tell patients, it's okay. We, we're not going to touch anything up until day 14. Duration, it should actually last somewhere between three to four months. Some people get longer duration at minimum though, uh, hopefully about three months. Now we have a lot of um, patients in our practice who uh, we're, we're right next door to a CrossFit gym. So we have tons of very, very fit metabolically high patients. And so, man, they just like their pellets, they just burn through them so quick. So some of those patients, I have to kind of give them a little bit more than where I would, you know, and then the question we always get is, well, how many units am I going to need? So Botox is dosed by units. A good kind of rule of thumb is I'll say for every year of age of life is how many units you may need. 
So for me, I'm 36. So 36 is a pretty solid dose for me. Again, the range can kind of just depend on, you know, what is the uh, uh, the achieved look? Do you want it completely smooth? Some women come in and they'll say, I want it. I want it like I like my margaritas frozen. I'm like, okay. Some women will say, I want it more natural. And that's fine too. Um, so that's one product. Another product that I really, really, I probably use this product the most is called Dysport. Dysport, I like it because the molecule is a little bit smaller. So the onset is much quicker. So if you have an event in like a week, this would be a great product to get because the onset is about day three, day five. There's different ways that you can mix it up. And the reason I actually like this product is because the spread is a little bit bigger. And what I mean by that is, is that you can make one poke and it in the circumference, imagine the area around it will actually capture more wrinkles versus Botox. It's kind of more of a precise um, injection. So you know, it takes obviously some practice and training and familiarity with the product, but I really, really like Dysport for that reason as the onset is much quicker. I also find that women notice that they don't get an overly stiff or an overly frozen look. And so, you know, women in their thirties, they, they kind of want to just look refreshed. They don't want to look like they've had a lot of stuff done. They just kind of want to look like them, but just rested. And so I really like Dysport for that reason. So with that one, onset is three day, three to five days compared to Botox is seven to 10. Duration is exactly the same. I, like you, love to kind of do my own experiments. And so I actually did a split face study on a patient. She was like in her 60s because most of my patients, when they would come to me, they were Botox all day, every day. And I'm like, I feel like you're, you're missing out here on this really awesome product. So I had a patient, she was in her 60s and I took a ruler and I literally just drew it down her face and I landmarked her face like on a, on a diagram. And I said, okay, this these are where the injections go. So I injected the exact same dose and the exact same location as I did on the left and the right side. And what's so crazy is that the disport side, the onset was obviously much quicker. The spread was much nicer. And what I mean by that, she didn't have, we call it Spock brow. So it's like where the tail of the brow starts to, cause you didn't, you didn't hit that area. You didn't hit that frontalis muscle over there. So it actually showed on this experiment to be far superior than Botox, which is crazy. Cause all we know is Botox, right? So then she had to wait three months for the boat. Yeah, she was a little lopsided. Yeah, she was a little lopsided for a hot second. But she, I mean, she was so. Most of my patients are like, "You could try whatever you want on me. Just like, let's go." My patients are very willing to let me do some cool stuff to them. So I thought that was so interesting. And um, those are the two products I mainly carry in my office, mainly because I feel like sometimes when you offer too many options, patients have no idea what you're talking about. So those are the two main ones I use. There is another product called Zeomin. Zeomin. What's neat about this product is it's it's um, preserved free. This is the product that I have some research out for to see if this would be a preference for patients with autoimmunity. The other thing is, is because it is preservative free, they say that um, you are less likely to build an antibody to this toxin. So what I mean by that is, is, you know, if you get Botox every three months for five years, it may start requiring more product to get the same effect. So I actually like to kind of change it up for my patients. So sometimes I go every other, sometimes say, okay, you're due for Botox. We're going to do Dysport the next time. So this way it kind of creates this, you know, this neurotoxin confusion. So Zeomin is another really good product. And then there's another one that I don't use just because again, I try not to confuse my patients, but it's called Juvo. And Juvo is the newest neurotoxin on the market. From my understanding and talking to some of the other injectors, I just, I hear, you know, the onset is good. I just don't hear that you get the longevity that you get out of Botox and Dysport. So again, just to try to make it easy for my patients to just pick one, Botox and Dysport is typically what I what I use. Could you be missing out on magnesium? 
If you aren't already taking magnesium, you likely should be. Our deficient food sources, caffeine consumption, stress, and exercise rob us of magnesium, which is an important cofactor for hundreds of processes in the body. It can calm your mind and ease your nerves to help you sleep at night and help reduce anxiety, PMS, and headaches. It can relax your muscles when you have cramps, your bowels when you're constipated, and it's required for energy, hormone production, and vitamin D absorption. If you're interested in exploring more about how magnesium can help support you living a longer, healthier life and the exact type of magnesium supplement to look for, check out my blog post, The Magnificence of Magnesium, found at yourlongevityblueprint.com forward slash blog. And use code magnesium for 10% off our magnesium chelate product at yourlongevityblueprint.com. Now let's get back to the episode. This might be a silly, silly question, but as I'm looking at myself in the camera here also, so you've talked about the face and kind of the changes that can happen, right? And I'm already seeing certain lines on my face. What about the neck? Can you even get like Botox in your neck? Oh, absolutely. So the areas that you can get Botox and, you know, there's, and I'm going to talk off label just because, you know, I'm not affiliated with anybody. So I'll kind of start from top down. So frontalis muscle is a very common area. A lot of times I like to get the tail of the brow and it'll give you a really nice arch in your brow, kind of give you a little brow lift, which tends to help a lot with, think about patients who've lost that collagen and they got ptosis or lid lag. So like two or three little units in the tail of the brow can really go a long way. So that's, you know, the frontalis muscle. Then we treat the glabella. So the glabella is the 11s or the frown lines, you know, and that is um, in the glabella is the procerus muscle, which is the the muscle right between the eyebrows. And then you've got two muscles called corrugators. And the way I describe it, it's kind of like a tug of war, like one's going this way and the other one's going this way. And so when you're treating the 11s, it's really important that it's a very strong muscle that you really do a good job of assessing where does the muscle start and where does it end? and making sure that you're hitting the belly of the muscle. So the corrugators, just to make sure you got evenness. That's probably the most common areas. Another uh, area that you're going to see is the orbiculus oculi. So that's like your crow's feet, right? So those are your smile lines. Some people, I call it like the Tyra Banks, the smizing. You smile with your eyes kind of thing. So some people have deeper crow's feet than others, that's a really good area to kind of open up your eyes and to um, to kind of give you a little bit of a brow lift. It works really, it, you just look really rested. And you'll notice it a lot when you take pictures, like, oh, well, you know, I don't see those lines anymore. It's easy to go a little overboard on the crow's feet sometimes. So it's, it's one of those things you have to look to see, are you hollow in the under eye? Because if you're really hollow, I would not overly relax that area because it'll actually make kind of that top mid face fall. And you don't want to do that. And not unless you're planning on chasing it with some filler. So, um, so, so that's a common area bunny lines. So when you quench your nose, you'll get little bunny lines kind of right in between there. So that's a, that's a common area. I like to get mine, um, done. So the nasalis muscle, there's something called a gummy smile. I don't have one, but when you smile, let's say your, your top lip disappears and you see mostly your gums, we call it a gummy smile, jacked like four little units in the labialis muscle. And you kind of do it like right in the, like right in the middle, not in the vermilion border, but right in the middle. And what's so cool is it'll actually relax the labialis muscle. So you're, when you smile, it doesn't crawl up in there. It actually stays put. So that's an option. We do something called a lip flip. So a lip flip is where we inject about four, four or five units, just depending on the patient, into right into the vermilion border. And so what that does is it creates a little bit of an eversion or like a little bit of a more protrusion up of to give you a, like a nice little pout. It does not replace volume. It just changes kind of the positioning of the vermilion border area. We do something called DAO injection. So 
if you make kind of like a little weird sour face, you're going to see two little muscles right there. Um, and what this will do is it will, it will relax the depressor anguli oris muscle, which will help your mouth not look so frowny. It kind of relaxes it. So you can have a, you know, symmetrical smile instead of downward. And then the mentalis muscle. So the mentalis is, we call it orange peel chin. Like Botox has all kinds of slang words. Orange peel chin is what we call it. So people, again, as we age, that bone demineralizes and it start, that chin starts to recede in. And, and I usually prefer to do some filler with it, but it's a great way to kind of smooth out that chin to give you a nice little peak. Because again, if we think about what does anti-aging or what does youthful look, it's the upside down triangle. So we really want that chin to be nice and pronounced and pointed. It will soften up the jawline so you don't look like jowly. So that's kind of, you know, when we go there. So to your question, the neck. So there are two things. So if you make like a pulling face, those are called platysmal bands. So we can inject a little bit of neurotoxin in the platysmal bands, and that will definitely relax it. We also have something called, and I don't even know what these lines are called. We call them tech neck. So tech neck, if you think about when you're texting on your phone and you're looking down, we call those tech neck. I have a lot of them just because I'm on my phone a lot. And so we can do a couple things with that. We can do some, there's a product called Radius, which is a biostimulator. Carmen and I will do something called hyperdilution radius. And so we dilute it a little bit down with bacterial normal saline and we come subcutaneous. So just bare, or like almost like intradermal even. And what that does is it stimulates your own collagen and your own growth factor, which is great. So that one will build over time. You can do a little bit of Botox in there. Uh, I typically over dilute it a little bit because I don't want it to overly relax. It's just kind of enough to improve the skin texture. The biggest one that I do a lot with is threads, PDO threads. And we'll talk a little bit about what that is, but that's another option. So it kind of one depends on like, what's our acquired look? How much movement do you have? What's your budget? You know, how quick do you need to be looking good? Like, do we got, do we have like a a thing next week or is this like just in long-term processes? So, so those kind of cover neurotoxins. Other areas we, we can do it in the master muscles and that'll actually slim down the face. And it also helps with migraines, like jaw clenching migraines. We can also do it in the axilla for um, hyperhidrosis. So excessive sweating. I have like 10 questions based on everything you just said for hyperhidrosis. So Botox is also still going to just last three to four months, right? So those patients would that have to return every three to four yeah, months. Is so that right? Because the dose is actually a lot bigger. I actually find that six months is what they can get out of awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah. Six months. And if a patient has excessive sweating, then they're probably pretty toxic. <laughs> Potentially there's some other functional medicine things we can work on. Oh, absolutely. Sweating as well. Yeah. So I want to make sure the listeners are hearing what you're saying. So when you said, you know, based on your age, you may need the equivalency in units. That's for a full face. That's for full face. Yeah. So if you're 37 years old and you need, yeah. So that would be to get the whole full face done. Okay. I want to go back to the the comment you said, because I had a patient tell me this once that her mother told her to never drink out of a straw and she was going to get lines on her face. Are you saying, which lines did you say you get? So there's, there's like the vertical lip lines. So those are like your smoker's lines. So they're the lines above the vermilion. So like if you whistle and you'll see those little etched in lines, those are vertical lip lines. Okay. Interesting. Now let's go on to PDO threads, which I do not know a lot about, although maybe by the time this podcast launches, I'll be doing them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They sound pretty exciting. Oh, they're awesome. So tell me, so are these an alternative to fillers? Is this just the difference? So, so let me explain the difference. So filler replaces volume. So we, you know, like I said, with aging, we have loss of volume in the mid face. So typically the company who makes Dysport is called Galderma and they have a huge portfolio of different fillers. So every place in your face has a filler for that exact reason. 
for example, and I'll, I'll make it quick because I know you want to get into threads. Um, so in the mid face, there's a product called wrestle and lift L Y F T. It is, it has a high G prime, meaning it holds heavy stuff up. So when I do some cheeks, I, uh, love to do wrestle and lift. I say it's literally like a push-up bra to your face. Now it doesn't necessarily lift. It gives you the illusion of lifting, but what it does is it replaces the volume loss in that maxillary fat pad. You want to fill in the tear troughs. If, if you've noticed some hollowing, cause if if you just feel fill in cheeks and you've got these hollow eyes, you're going to look sunken in even more. So there's a product called Wrestling Classic or even Wrestling Silk is a good product in there. The perioral lines, lip lines, you can do some Wrestling Silk in there. The lips, oh, there's a beautiful product called Wrestling Kiss. And it's the only product on the market that has a one-year duration with no touch-ups required. And these are all reversible fillers. These are what we call HA or hyaluronic acid fillers. So if some event should happen and perhaps you got a vascular occlusion, these are all reversible. So we have a protocol so should that happen. Um, and basically what that means is that filler has occluded in some sort of artery. And so we have to reverse it. So we have to inject something called hyaluronidase or Hylanex into that. And that's, and that is why when I talk about training and, and fillers and continue, because I don't want new NPs or nurses to think I'm just going to go to this class and I'm an injector. Absolutely not. No, no, no. That's not how it works. You have to know what are the risks. And like, you know how as a nurse, I don't know if you ever had, we're on the unit and you would do like mock code blue. We actually do like mock vascular occlusion because I want all my staff to know what is your role in this situation? Because time is of the essence. Where's everything located? You know, where's this at? How do I mix it? Because it's, it's important. It's a safety issue. We want to keep our patients safe. So PDO threads help with stimulating collagen and they help with traction or lifting. Filler replaces volume. So it's a little different. So in a lot of our patients, again, thinking about going back to what kind of practices we have, we have a lot of hormone patients, right? So again, you know, they've lost a lot of estrogen and a lot of collagen in their face. So the cool thing is, is that I find that if I work on maybe a little bit of PDO threads, it will actually help do most of the work. So PDO, PDO stands for polydiaxinone. What it is, is it's a dissolvable stitch. They, there's different kinds. There's smooth threads, which are more of your collagen producing threads. And these are all dissolvable. There are twist threads, which are kind of like filler in that they tend to replace a little bit of volume with it. And then you have barb threads. Barb threads are kind of like, imagine like the stem of a rose and how you've got this stick, but then you've got these little thorns on the side of it. And so as you remove the, the little straw or the cannula that it comes in, as you pull it out, those thorns activate and it lifts as it pulls up. So it holds structures up. So those actually lift versus saying wrestle and lift lifts. It really doesn't. It replaces volume, but it gives you the illusion of a lift. So with that, those threads typically last somewhere between 18 months to two years. I would say probably 18 months. The onset is, is pretty quick as far as you're going to notice an improvement like that day. The best part about it is, is it's also a biostimulator. So it does stimulate collagen over time. The threads that uh, are in there should dissolve by about four or five months. But what's left is you've built up all this really beautiful collagen around it. And so as you've lifted it, it should stay in place. So it works extremely well. It is a completely awake procedure. We don't give any sedation for it. It is an in-office procedure. We call it a non-surgical facelift is basically what we're doing. We do a fair amount with like lidocaine. I do like like a local block and I'll lay some different tracks of threads. So as far as, you know, what product and where do I 
pick. It just depends. You know, if, if patients have strong nasolabial folds, which are like the parentheses lines or the smile lines around the mouth, I will use my barb threads or my lifting threads and I will um, start them kind of by the zygoma is the insertion point. So I numb that area. I put a little, I like make a little insertion hole. So I use about an 18 gauge, you know, they should be numb. They, if I've done my job, they should feel nothing. And then I make the little hole. I slide these little threads. So the threads are not activated. When you slide them in, you're sliding kind of somewhere between the, the intradermal layer and, and a layer called the samaz. As it's going in there, you put it in, you activate it, you twist it, and you pull it out. And as you pull it out, all these little thorns come out and it holds it up. So it works extremely, extremely well. What I personally like about it is I, I say kind of like threads are like the go green of aesthetics because they're like, there's no toxin involved. There's no risk of vascular occlusion. You know, there's no real... I don't want to say risk. I mean, because there's there's risk with everything, but there's no real adverse event that like really can't be fixable. You know, the worst that you can have is you bruise or if you're not in the right plane, and that's the hardest thing is finding the right depth to which you need to be at. You might have some dimpling if you're not in the right place. But honestly, those are the two worst things that can happen compared to some of the other stuff that we do. I'm like, we'll take that all day, every day. So I, I do like the threads in that it gives us the collagen that we're looking for. It's not a toxin. Um, the risk of vascular occlusion is not there. Patients love them. We've Carmen and I, we trained in like December. And since that time, we've done it probably... 70 or 80 cases of threads in that time. And my practice, we're not a med spa. We're not an aesthetics only practice. No, I have to actually block time in my schedule to do aesthetics only. Cause if I didn't, I'd be doing pellets all day, every day, you know, kind of thing. So I do strictly aesthetics every other Friday and there's some sprinkle throughout the week, but it's, it's allocated to that day. Cause then I'm in like thread mode or I'm in filler mode. You know, it's like a brain thing, but yeah, we do a ton. We do a ton. The coolest thing is, is that and one of my patients put it best. She's like, you're probably a surgeon's worst nightmare. And I was like, why do you say that? And she's like, there's no downtime. You walk out of here. Like you've had nothing done to you. And it's not price-wise. It's not horrible. It's not the cost of a facelift. I mean, it's like, win-win. So it's cool. I, I love doing threads. I get asked all the time, what's one product that I just can't live without when it comes to maintaining my own health and longevity? And my answer is something you've actually heard me mention on several episodes. It's called mitochondrial complex, and it's pretty much the Cadillac of multivitamins. And it's packed with antioxidants, including three key players, acetyl L-carnitine, alpha lipoic acid, and N-acetylcysteine. Think of a steam engine that requires coal to be continually shoveled into the furnace to power the train forward. Acetyl-L-carnitine does that for your body by shoveling short-chain fatty acids into your cells to provide your body with energy. This is an absolutely essential task to keeping you running. However, what's a byproduct of fire? You guessed it, smoke. Unfortunately, in this analogy, smoke from fire equals free radicals. To combat those free radicals, other antioxidants are needed, and that's where alpha-lipoic acid and N-acetylcysteine come in. Together, they scavenge free radicals and help boost and recharge glutathione, the most potent antioxidant in the body. To top it off, mitochondrial complex also contains a little bit of green tea extract, broccoli seed extract with sulforaphane, and even resveratrol. Research has shown that when athletes and individuals that are under stress begin taking this product, they are less likely to get sick, as they're giving their body what it needs to conquer those stressors. Who doesn't need protection from stress and cellular damage at this time? I certainly do. I take this product every day. If you're interested in learning more about how mitochondrial complex can help support you living a longer, healthier life, check out my blog post on why antioxidants are important found at yourlongevityblueprint.com forward slash why dash antioxidants dash are dash important or in chapter four of my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. To get 10% off our mitochondrial complex, just use code energy when checking out at yourlongevityblueprint.com. 
Now, let's get back to the show. So am I hearing you right? So basically, you're numbing up the face. You're doing some sort of nerve block, whatnot. You're, you're essentially placing, I don't know the depth of these. If you guys want to watch her, she'd cheat on her Instagram. What's your Instagram thread, Lexi? It's at udirecthealth underscore aesthetics. And there's, there's tons of videos of me putting in threads and numbing threads and pulling threads. Yeah, there's tons. For those of you even listening today, if you want to understand more of what she's saying, watch the video on YouTube because she, you know, she's been pointing to the, the facial muscles and whatnot through this whole interview, which I know can be difficult to, to take in and absorb when you're listening. But if you want to see her place PDO threads, check out her Instagram site. So essentially you're literally just placing this thread you're saying you're activating it and then you're actually pulling it out and it's going to stimulate collagen production for the next like year and a half yes so what you're placing there is a very tiny it's like a metal wire so the metal wire has the thread in it so imagine like a cannula that's what it is it's kind of like a cannula so you're leaving the thread you're taking out the wire Exactly. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like you're weaving it in there. We call those vectors. So vectors are basically one thread. So if I say I placed four vectors on each side, that meant I placed four barb threads for lifting on each side. So we call them vectors. But yeah, so it is a very sure. thin metal cannula that helps me glide into the into the depth that I need to do it. Once I'm in the right spot, I feel it. And it's like a pop. You twist it. As you twist it, it activates the thread. And so you're mm-hmm. able to slide or glide the metal piece out. And basically, they're going to see I mean, they're going to see results over time as the mm-hmm. collagen is, you know, production stimulated. But are they going to look different like immediately? It's creating a little bit of traction or a lift. So you're going to notice it fairly quick right away, but the maximal results to see it will be about eight weeks, about two months later, I usually bring them back and I, and we take pictures and but like you said, there's no downtime. Like literally there's no, no, no. I mean, swelling or like, yeah. it's hard to take a week off of working out sometimes just because that's my, that's my Prozac there. But aside from that, no, I mean, sleep feels a little weird. Like the best recommendation I give to patients is get like a airplane pillow because where those insertions were, they're a little tender, you know, they're a little tender. And so I have people try to like lay on your back or like a neck pillow is helpful. I have patients make sure that they don't do any dental work for at least two weeks after, because you don't want to overextend your mouth. I actually got some threads and I forgot about it. I went to go bite into an apple and I was like, Ooh, it doesn't hurt. It just kind of pulls. Like it feels like your mouth is a little restricted to kind of open it up a little bit, but it's, it's not bad. So can patients combine fillers with threads? Oh, absolutely. And those are like the best rejuvenations. We're actually talking about our April specials and I think that's what we're going to do. The coolest thing is when you, when you do threads, they don't need as much filler because you're, you're helping smooth out some of that. Yeah. Red. Sure. So instead of me doing, I call it a liquid facelift, instead of me putting like four or five syringes in someone's face, they may need one or two because the threads did most of the work. Aesthetics so interest me, and I know we just scraped the surface here today. Stay tuned next week to hear part two, where Lexi talks about peptides for weight loss, specifically CJC-1295, ipamorelin, AOD, and semaglutide. And we'll get into peptides for hair loss and libido as well. We'll see you then. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, the course is 50% off. Check this offer out at yourlongevityblueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I do read all the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, and for how you're applying what you've learned on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. 
The podcast is produced by the team at Counterweight Creative. As always, thank you so much for listening. And remember, wellness is waiting. The information provided in this podcast is educational. No information provided should be considered to be or used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult with your personal medical authority.